Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 6 of the Jetman with a Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Shoujin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing great. <laughs> really, I'm doing very, very well, Matt. It has been a, I think I can say it's been a banner week over a at the Dave J. Household. Week? Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, we will get to that in just a oh, moment yeah. as we move into our award-winning opening segment, The Five Stars. Uh, Dave, today we are watching episode six of Jetman. It's called uh-huh. Get Angry, Robo. And I think you okay. know what that means. I think it does. It's giant robot time. Anyway, but yes. before we awesome. get to giant robot time, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is that it is, this is only kind of a star, it's like midway between, it's cold, like it's legit cold now in Cleveland, it's mid-October as we record this, and up until now, I hadn't really felt it, but it's definitely mid-October today, it's mid, it's like in the 40s. Yeah, remember like two weeks ago when we said that as soon as it shifted from September to October, it went directly from summer to fall? It is yeah, two man. weeks later, and now it feels like winter. Yeah, not... Well, late I, I late might fall. not go that far, Although but the it's weird thing definitely is, like... I was at the market today, at the farmer's market, and uh, I had a sweater and a jacket, and I need... Okay, Matt, I know what you're going to tell me when I say this. I need light gloves like i have gloves but they're winter gloves i don't need winter gloves right now i need like the the fall jacket of gloves well i'll tell you dave there's a perfect solution to your problem i know i just have to get them right yeah and i just have to do it see the thing is though i don't really what i want i've realized is fingers like my palms are fine I think you're going to have a lot of trouble trying to find just the fingers. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, know. that that's actually done, like, viable. I've never search for that sort of thing. Right. But it but seems unlikely. It does. But that's what I want, I realized. But I think I might just have to get some fingerless gloves. Maybe I'll do that after this show. So, yeah, it's cold, man. Although next week it's supposed to be 70. Yeah, it's supposed to be 70 so, on Wednesday. So, you know, so October in Cleveland. Cleveland. You're not actually in Cleveland. This sorry, I say welcome to Cleveland like that because literally I have never been in a place where people are like the weather here is so crazy. It's just ev- like it's everywhere, everywhere I go. I guess I spend most of my time in the Midwest though. Maybe but, if I was in San Francisco, that would happen to me. Right, because the weather is never crazy there because it is the same every day. Yeah, but yeah, so it's cold now. But I'm into it. I'm a northern guy. I don't like it hot. I don't mind it cold. I haven't actually turned the heat on in my house yet, but I've got radiators, Matt. Ooh. Yeah, I'm real jazzed about it because our old house had forced air heat, like most places do. And let me tell you, 
If you've never lived in a place, like, okay, first of all, if you live in a place that requires you to have, like, a real consistent heating solution, you might think that radiators are, like, old-timey technology and, like, why would you possibly want that? Let me tell you, you want radiators. They're so much better than forced air heat because the air doesn't dry out. So that weird, like, wintry thing where you, like, wake up and your eyes are dry and your nose is cracked and, like, everything in your house is dry because you're running all the air in your house through a fire... That doesn't happen with radiators. They're the best. And I didn't know until I lived a place with radiators, and I was a little, like, leery about it, you know? I was like, radiators, like, for grandpas? But having done, having lived someplace with radiators, I am completely on board. So, welcome to This Old House, our (laughs) podcast about old houses and radiators. Listen, you tell jokes, I love this old house. Um, okay, that that is true, but that is a different television show. <laughs> we are here to talk about Shoshin Sentai Jetman. Way more giant robots, way fewer radiators. Although, actually, so, yeah. this week's episode is a house-centric episode, so... Is it? Okay! Yeah, that's right! This Karma's is strangely relevant, but we will get to that in a bit. <laughs> so, our second star actually has to do with the time of year as well, because uh, we are circling in on Halloween, right? Yeah! Um, and, listen, I, I'm i not typically, like, a big Halloween movie guy. Yeah, no, me neither. Well, but, I don't like horror movies. No, I don't like horror movies. I like monster movies. I don't, I love I don't like movies. to be scared. Right. Being scared my... isn't fun. I don't know why people are into it. Yeah. Have I told you, like, my rule about movies? This is my rule about scary movies, or movies that would be, like, considered scary. Ready? I think it's worked out really well for me. It might help you. If the problem can be solved with a shotgun, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Like, if I can physically, like, shoot whatever it is... And, like, get away either with silver or, like, blessed bullets or whatever. I'm fine. So, like, Frankensteins, Draculas, werewolves, zombies. Like, that's all cool. If it's as soon in as the you monster's manual, the, like, I'm down. Exactly. It, like, ghosts, I'm out. Like, like spirits and possessions, like, I'm, I'm just out. I'm done. But if I can shoot it, like, I'm cool. So, anyways. But this monster year, I thought, down. you know what? Like, this year, I'm going to actually make an effort and watch a bunch of old... Like, the old Universal Monster movies, right? Like, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Mummy. Like, all these old movies that I should have seen years ago and for whatever reason never got around to. I thought, listen, it's October. Like, if I'm ever going to get around to doing it, this is the time of year. And I'm sure, I'm just sure that, like, Hulu or Netflix would have, for the season, made sure that some of those are available. And that, my friend, is 100% not true. Like, between the two of them, the only one that I could find is, like, the fourth Frankenstein movie. Like, Son of Frankenstein, Daughter of Frankenstein, like, Step Uncle of Frankenstein. I'm not sure which one it is. Really? But it's not on Hulu. It's not, like, streaming for free on Amazon Prime. And it's not on Netflix. That's... Like, I just don't know what is wrong with the world that I can't, in the middle of October, just get on one of the three streaming services that I pay for, like a dope... And watch some Frankenstein. Yeah, that's... Guys, come on. Dude, I'm anyway, sure, like... This is more, know, I guess this it's... is more of a black hole than it is an actual star. And it's just me, like, whining that I can't watch an old, old movie. But... True, still lame, 
we should absolutely have those things. Like, that seems like a thing that we should have. You know, man, you could probably buy it. I'm sure you could buy it on Amazon. Oh, I'm sure that I can. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, 10 bucks. We'll do it. We'll do it. We should have, oh, we should totally do like a monster movie day. That'd be awesome. That should be fun. Uh, we have a whole queue of movie days that you, you and I have like continued to plan <laughs> on this podcast that we have never actually done. Yeah, just in case you're curious, those have never actually happened. Every time um, we have said you and I should get together and watch X, uh, we 100% mean that we are going to do that, and then right. we do not do it at all. It's just, it's a beautiful like theoretical dream space that we inhabit, in which we watch all these movies. <laughs> But we don't anyway, really uh, speaking of movies, actually, the third star this week, Dave, oh, yeah. is that we are this week coming up on Back to the Future 2 Day. Yeah, which is, I I just get a giant kick out of the fact that this is like a thing. That we just, as we as a society, an American society, have decided that the fact that we are coming up on a fictional day from a movie like 30 years ago is a really big deal. But it kind of is. So, so, so pros, I think places where we're beating out Back to the Future world. Clothes, I think our clothes are definitely better. Yeah, although we don't have those like self-fitting jackets and shoes. We don't, uh, but I'm okay with that. So I think our clothes are definitely better. Biff Tannen doesn't rule the world or whatever uh dave biff tannen ruled the world in the alternate 1985 oh yeah that's right it's been a long time since i've seen back to the future uh so let's see we're beating them in fashion definitely beating Um, them in fashion we may be beating them in movies although we never got uh what is it like jaws 3d 19 or something yeah i'm fine with that so i feel like we're beating them in movies too although frankly with all of the other like weird like super sequel things you know we did make seven fast and furious movies and listen that's great i'm just saying that like the idea (laughs) that we could have made a jaws 23 or whatever it was is is completely completely within reason so didn't vin diesel just announce that they are doing a final fast and the furious trilogy yes for a total of 10 movies for a total of 10 fast and the furious movies does that make fast and the furious the longest running like sequential movie series in history um i I guess that depends on if we're counting james bond oh yeah that's a really good point okay so james bond and then fast and the furious i think what we're establishing is that the movies people really want to see series of are high action with plenty of like guns and explosions and really fancy cars right like (laughs) nobody's making a sequel to like the seventh seal for example the eighth seal. Didn't don't haven't you been paying attention, dude? We're up to like the fifteenth seal by now. I oh wow. That yeah, that one okay. I'll admit, that one got away from me. I super hope you're kidding. You're you're kidding, right? I There's am not kidding, actually yes. Okay. I hope I'm kidding. Anyway. Okay. But so, speaking yes, of Back to the Future. Right. Uh coming up this week. I think we're gonna watch it this weekend, right? Or this uh this is one that we're actually going to do. We're actually we actually are gonna do this. We're not we playing Dungeons Back and Dragons this too. weekend. Or this Wednesday, we're going to watch Back to the Future. But again, speaking of Back to the Future, check this out. A dude, and I didn't know this happened a couple of months ago. A dude built a hoverboard. 
and not okay i just want to be clear because there's like two hoverboard things rolling around and one of them's a little bit older one is like a super fancy like science hoverboard that is definitely a hoverboard but only works on like a a specific type of floor but it definitely has like cool blue leds and it's like slick and black and and looks yeah like that's, a future that's more hoverboard. like a maglev thing isn't it yeah it's something like that but another dude and i don't know who this dude is i'm just seeing stuff on the internet built a legit it's like a helicopter board Okay, it's got like eight helicopter blades underneath it or something, and it's just an actual hoverboard. He stands on it, and it hovers. I have seen this thing. I hoverboard would posit guys. that it is less of a hoverboard and more of a goblin glider. I'll go with you there. Yeah, it's like a, that makes sense. Well, it's not like rocket-powered, but it's definitely... Like, it's a board... Guys, it's a board that he stands on, and he just like... It's not attached to anything... It's not like, it's, you know, there's not like an external power source. This dude just built a hoverboard. That's amazing. That's a guy built a hoverboard. It is pretty rad. I don't even, uh, dude, we live in a magic. I know, like, I feel like I've said this a number of times over the last couple episodes. We live in an incredible world. Guy built a hoverboard. I don't have anything else to say about that. I'm just going to keep yelling hoverboard okay. over and over again well, then we keep talking it, about this. Instead of that, uh, because we do want people to <laughs> listen to the rest of this show, <laughs> and not just have the two of us shouting the word hoverboard at each other back and forth for the next hour, um, why don't you tell me about our fourth star of the week? Oh, yeah. So our fourth star of the week, uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, our sister Katie is back in town. <laughs> it came downstairs. I came. I got home from work yesterday, and there was a package that had been delivered to my house for her. And I was like, "Oh, Katie, there's a package for you." And she said, oh, "And she got really excited. She's like, Dave, come here. Everybody, come here while I open this.'" And I was like, "Okay, wow, okay. Like, what is this? What is this package?" <laughs> she opens up and she hands me a. Tr- she hands me a trophy. And the inscription on the trophy is for leadership in trophy giving. <laughs> so she was so, so she, she just liked that I got you a trophy so much. So she has just decided that trophy giving is going to be a thing. So she got me a trophy for leadership in trophy giving. So it's up on my mantle. It's very nice. It's like a trophy with like a trophy cup on top of it. So it's like a double trophy. Two, two, two trophies in one. Yeah. It's... I feel like this is something that is very fun, but we also need to be careful that like we do not just start buying each other trophies every week because otherwise all of us will just have like a closet full of old trophies. That's true. But then Matt, I don't know. I feel like that'll give us some solidarity with like high school jocks. That's true. Just like have a just set up a trophy case in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, just full of meaningless awards. Just get a plaque and put like a new little like engraved brass thing in each slot each time I have a new thing. You should get yourself one of those plaques, like an employee of the month plaque, <laughs> get like like roommate of the month, and just buy yourself a new bit every month. Uh, for new listeners I live alone so I am my own roommate of the month (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to keep a pretty tight rein on this one. I feel like this could get away from us very quickly. This is a great joke that can get completely out of hand. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think that's all we had on that one. Yeah, no, a, a uh, I got it yesterday, week. and it has immediately become one of my prized possessions. Uh, so, Dave, what is our fifth star? Oh, man. Okay, so speaking of prized possessions, remember when I said I had a really banner week this week? I do recall that. Yeah, so here's why. You may recall, Matt, and listeners of the show, you may recall that I sold my old house a little while ago, and I sold it to the library and did so... At like a fairly substantial profit. Yeah. Which is awesome. And so I have, as of uh, Thursday, I have used that profit to completely clear my student loans. Like all of them. Mine. Which is mind boggling. Dude, I can't even kind of handle it yet. Yeah, like I don't, it's really weird. Like I don't know how to function. Like, I don't know what my life looks like <laughs> without that giant pile of debt. Oh, dude, I tell you. I mean, at this point, I'm paying off my student loans, but I'm basically hoping for, like, an act of Congress to try to clear mine out. Because otherwise, they're just there pretty much indefinitely. I, it's so much money. and That's, like, a whole other discussion. But anyways, so I cleared my student debt. It's incredible. So in, uh, in celebration, we went to you and... Me and my wife and our mom and sister. Uh, we went to a restaurant in Cleveland called the Greenhouse Tavern. Guys, guys, seriously, if you live anywhere like vaguely close to Cleveland, make the trip. Well, if you live anywhere close to Cleveland and you are not a vegan. Oh, yeah. Well, they do have like some vegan stuff, but I feel like you're not like getting the whole experience. It's a restaurant in Cleveland, it's very pig centric. Like, Jonathan Sawyer, who's the chef owner, has a deep, deep love of pork. I don't know if anybody likes pork as much as Jonathan Sawyer likes pork. It's just, but it's a great restaurant. I mean, it's like won all sorts of awards and blah, blah, blah. So we went out, and uh, I've actually been there before, Matt. This was your first time to this restaurant. So, what? I mean, you could, is there anything you want to say about it? I want to um, hear I want to hear your thoughts, Matt. Dude, it was, it was just Everything was super excellent. I don't really know of a, another way to describe it. Yeah. Like every new thing they brought out, because we got like a tasting menu. Mm-hmm. And so we just got a little bit, you know, it was like a nice spread of everything. Yeah. And everything was good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just a really good restaurant. Um, so I did that. And then I bought myself some fancy shoes. Hey, listen, man, if you're already spending all the money to pay off the entirety of your student loans in one day, exactly. you might as well put a little cherry on top, right. get yourself some nice shoes. A little, uh, little, little something for me. So, yeah, it was awesome. That's my fifth star, man. I don't, I don't owe those jerks any money anymore. So get at me, Fannie Mae or Freddie, I don't know, whatever they're called. Whoever has my loans. Whoever was paying for that loans, get at me. All right, dude. <laughs> uh, well, that is our award-winning opening segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to watch episode six. Get angry, Robo. And we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode six of Jetman. Get angry, Robo. Dave, what did we get this week? Um, Robo got angry. Robo got very (laughs) angry. Super angry. Okay. 
The actual answer is we see a, we get a new monster. Guy and Ryu sort of, you know, they, they kind of bond a little bit as team members. And we see the debut of Jet Icarus, the giant robot version of all the planes. So good episode all in all. There's yeah, some I, cool stuff really about this like robot this that I want to talk about later. Okay, so let's just get into it. So yeah. we begin the episode, and the Jetmen are once again flying in formation, doing drills, trying to figure out how to be Jetmen. Right. And the chief is down, and she's sort of observing them from Sky Camp. And she says, okay, like, go for it. Form Jet Icarus. Or there's a scram, there's a like a name that they have for their maneuver. Like I don't know why it seems like a you don't need an extra name just for the maneuver to get you into the special thing, but they've got one. It's, it's like a, I think it's scramble wing, scram scram wing, scramble wing, something. So they have a name. They're like scramble wing, and then they all go into form Jet Icarus, which is the name of the giant robot. However, we see that the power of five is weak at this moment because Guy, oh, by the way, Guy is back. Uh, He's just here now. Remember at the end of the last episode where he's like, well, see you guys never. Uh, He didn't leave. He's just here. He does a lot of sort of half storming off. Yeah, I don't, like, I... (laughs) I don't know why. I think at I this was... point, like, he, he is annoyed enough with his teammates that he is always leaving, like, the scene, but he is committed enough to saving the world that he never gets very far before he comes back. Okay. Like, I, I don't know that's... if it's ever addressed, but in my head, like, he gets on his motorcycle, like, throws his cross changer, like, in the garbage, and starts to drive away, gets about halfway home remembers that, like, he does need to fight a monster, goes back, pulls his cross-changer out of the trash, and kind of, like, sneaks in the back door and pretends that he never really left. I prefer a version where they just already have a bunch of cross-changers ready for Guy. So like, everyone shows has up one base. except for Guy, who just has, like, a crate of them because he's always throwing them into the <laughs> right. ocean. Yeah, because, it's like, right, I was expecting some sort of scene where they would resolve this idea that Guy was just leaving. They don't. He's just cool, and he's in his jet. Well, he's not cool, but he's there. Because oh, he's when they cool go guy. to, he is cool. He's a cool guy. So, because when they go to form their jet Icarus, what we discover is that they're like they're jets, so they have to fly in formation. It's not like it's not like the the die beasts where they just the kind die of Dave. It hasn't been that long since we watched that show. I, okay, honestly, when I said Die Beasts, like, I felt really bad because I legit could not remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, the Kaiden Beasts. Kaiden Beasts, thank you. So, like, the Kaiden Beasts just sort of, like, mystically combine and form Die Reno. But the jet machines, like, you gotta do it. You have to, like, pilot them, I guess, in the correct way. And Guy is going too fast because that's how he is because he's a cool guy. And everyone is pissed off at him because he is out of formation, and so they can't quite get it together. So I remember as we were watching this, I heard you over the Skype connection complaining that they were going to be showing us the giant robot too early. Yeah, I didn't want to see it yet, which is good because they don't show it to you yet because Guy isn't like he's not on board. And so they get they get back down to Sky Camp, and Chief is sort of yelling at him like, "Guy, listen, like you all need to be." 
like you all need to be in formation. Like you need to go with like how everyone else is doing it. And right. Guy just sort of looks around. He's like, what? So I have to act like the rest of you people? Why don't you follow me? I was doing it, right? Right. It's like, you guys got to catch up to where I am. So Kauri comes over and she's like, no, Guy, like, come on. Like, you need to, you know, like, be cool. And he was like, yeah, Guy, like, you need to step in line. Guy, clearly super jealous, thinks that this is an indication that God, that Ryu and Kauri are like a thing now. And you may recall that Guy has a thing for Kauri. Remember this like this weird love triangle that isn't actually a love triangle because Ryu, Ryu's only love is his dead girlfriend and justice. And so <laughs> Guy turns to the two of them. He's like, well, you seem to be getting along like a nice couple. That's great. I'm out. See ya. See ya. Metaphorically throws his cross changer in the trash. Doesn't actually do that. So, we move I over. I feel like if we ever put together a Jetman with a Golden Gun drinking game, like, any time Guy <laughs> storms out slash quits the team, you just have to finish right. your drink. Yeah, finish your drink. That's a dangerous game. You can't watch more than one episode. You can maybe watch a couple episodes, depending on the episode. So, <laughs> so we, see, we see an apartment building, and we see, like, the weird dimensional spider just skittering along a wall. It doesn't actually skitter. It's like a totally... Uh, static puppet it just kind of moves on a stick but it's moving and it fades into the building so we're getting like apartment complex dimension which is great yeah it's me it's really cool i will talk about how much i love this monster in a little bit so we see like a teenage girl and she's in her room and she's doing her makeup and she's got a tape on and then tentacles and a mouth appear on the wall and start attacking her yeah, so and what she, happens like, is, like, out. the wall, be- like, it's is it the wall or the ceiling? I think it's the ceiling, actually, in this apartment, but uh, this will be happening throughout the episode. It kind of Like, walls and ceilings open up to these giant maws, and, like, tentacles come out and drag people in. Yeah, so um, this is a this is kind of a crazy thing about the dimensional beasts that I get a kick out of, is that the dimensional beasts, they're taking, are just, like, inanimate objects but the dimensional beasts themselves are very clearly organic. Like they have veins and like mouths and muscles and stuff. And so it's not just like a concrete monster. It's like a living creature that is also an apartment complex. Yeah, You maybe cool just have to watch that, like, this one. Since anything can become a dimensional beast, like you just need to slap a right. dimensional bug on there. Like... It it really opens it up to like anything could do it. Like, I'll I'll just say it later in the episode. Like, this is a monster that does not need to grow because it's already an apartment complex. Like, it's just a giant <laughs> right. evil apartment complex that's eating people. Yeah, futon dimension, it's poster dimension, bookshelf dimension. I'm just naming things in the room that I'm in. <laughs> So so she gets attacked by tentacles. We cut away from there. Like that's all we get on that. Uh real quick, before we leave this scene, I just want to say oh, yeah, that, like whatever weird J pop song that like teenage girl was listening to while putting on her makeup and getting eaten by an evil apartment building. Uh, real but, catchy. It was a very catchy song. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, uh okay. So that's it. Yeah, everybody we would assume in this apartment building is being attacked at the same time. So that's terrible for them. You know who's not having a terrible time is Guy and Kauri, because they're at lunch. 
So we jump over and we see Guy and Kauri and they are just, they're just eating lunch. Like that's it. Yeah. And it's clear that like Kauri has asked Guy out to like come have coffee or lunch with her or whatever. And he's like, listen, did Ryu put you up to this? And she's like, oh, no. Because if he did, like, I'm not into it. Like, this is just nice, you know? Like, we're warriors, but we should be able to relax. Like, maybe you and I can watch a movie after this. It'll be a pleasant day. Yeah. And the guy Shh. just looks at her and is like, listen, like, I understand what you were doing, that you were trying to, like, condescend to and placate me, uh, but that is not what I'm into. Right. It's actually, it's like a really baller move. Like, Kari is obviously trying to be nice and be like, oh, let's just be friends. And guy's like, nope, not into it. If like, I'm not hanging out as friends. Nah, like, either this is happening, or I'm out. Yeah, uh, and, and he's the, like, but the, the you will fall in love with characters. Me. Have like, it is a weird relationship because guy on one hand is like completely sincere, mm-hmm. like, like he is very sincere and clear about what he wants. But he also says things like, I am going to make you fall in love with me. As though, like, that is his decision and not hers. And so that's not cool. So this is how I'm thinking about Guy. See if this helps you. I'm thinking of Guy as, like, a charming rogue, right? Sure. And he has never, like, had true love for someone before or something. And so he actually is, like, genuinely into Kauri. But he has no idea how to process it. So he just goes about trying to find true love like a womanizing sleaze. You see what I'm saying? He doesn't have other tools to use. Yeah, 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 man. He's got a very limited, it's an effective toolbox, but it's a limited one in scope. So he's just pulling out everything he's got. So, but Kari's not into it. You know who is into it? Is the waitress at the restaurant because he's like, because Kauri kind of gives him the no look and he's like, all right, fine, whatever. And he just turns to the waitress. He's like, how you doing? And then then we cut to the next scene, and just, like, the waitress and Guy are driving around on Guy's motorcycle. (laughs) Right. She has a left in the middle of her shift. Right. To go with Guy. So, Guy clearly has powerful, powerful charisma. And she says, hey, let's just go back to my place. And Guy's like, all right. And then she says, if this is going to be a date, I got to change. And Guy's like, all right, that's, that's cool, babe. Yeah, and for so, a second, I thought this was going to be a very different episode. Very different show. So like I said, limited in scope, but clearly Guy knows how to use what tools he does have very effectively. So, predictably, random waitress lives in the apartment complex that has become apartment complex dimension. Right. And now, the thing about so, apartment complex dimension is that it is... When you are inside of it, it will attack you. But it is not currently like a giant rampaging monster. So when they arrive and go inside, like there are no signs that it is about to consume them. Yeah, they just walk in. Now, clearly the soundproofing in apartment dimension complex is apartment complex dimension is really good because people are absolutely getting attacked slash screaming in their own apartments. But guy and waitress get all the way up to her apartment. And she like goes into her room to like start changing and guys like hanging out in the living room before they notice anything has gone wrong. So cat running around upstairs at my apartment. Like it is insane (laughs) that you would not be able to hear like 
hundreds of deaths the same you know time. so clearly the designers of apartment complex dimension are invested in the privacy of their tenants so good for them that's nice so but then but then waitress does get attacked so she's in her room and she starts getting like attacked by apartment complex dimension uh Guy runs in and is able to, like, free her from the tentacles, but in so doing, gets wrapped up himself. And so he calls everyone else and says, hey, like, the Virum are here. Right. So, just as I I just want to point this out, this is a moment of character growth for Guy. He does not immediately just leave this girl to her fate. He rescues her. So that's cool. Well, I think Guy guy would have always rescued her. I think that what is a more important moment of Guy's character development is that he doesn't immediately try to beat up an entire building by himself and instead decides to call in the rest of the Jetmen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think in an earlier episode, Guy would have legitimately tried to punch a building down with his own fists. Like, before he would call Ryu and admit that he needed some help. Right. But he does. He does. So Ryu is in... It can only be described as like a go-kart buggy. It's like really tiny. It is a one-seater go-kart buggy. Like yeah, it, it, it just doesn't seem Mario practical. Kart. Yes, it looks like it's a Mario Kart, but with like a roll cage. So it's a Mario Kart cart with a roll cage. And so he drives up and then Kauri and Raita are in Raita's like dune buggy. That's no, not a dune buggy. It's no, like his Jeep like thing with the laser truck, cannon. Sort of. Yeah. And then Akko has a motorcycle. So they all arrive, and Ryu, like, tells everybody else, he's like, you guys stay out here, like, I'm gonna go save Guy. So he, like, runs in. Okay, so Guy is being being eaten by apartment complex dimension. Ryu, like, sees him through the window, and is, like, tapping on the window, and is like, Guy, I'll help you. I, just, I feel like the Jetmen forget that they're superheroes. Do you yeah. get that feeling? Occasionally. Like, although there is a cool moment here, like he tries to open the door, but the reason he can't get through the door is because one of the tentacles has like wrapped itself around the door handle. Yeah, it's well thought out. And so like he can't get through the door and he's sort of tapping at the window, like I guess just like trying to get his attention. Like, hey guy, I'm here to help you. I'm, I'm over here <laughs> right like, now, dude. but... Hold on just a second. Yeah, guy's busy, man. Getting eaten. Uh, and then but, Ryu remembers that he is a superhero, and he just punches through the window and jumps on through. Right. It's very weird. It's like, guys, you have cross changers. Just do the do the superhero thing. I would be using that all the time. <laughs> like, suck in traffic? Cross changer. Pick up the car. Fly with it. Like, I would just all the time. I feel like they really view the cross changers as like a last resort. Which makes very little sense to me. But anyways, so Ryu jumps in and he he like electrocutes apartment dimension complex with a lamp. Yeah, he picks up like a like a floor lamp and just stabs it in the mouth with it. Right, but he does he saves Ryu awesome. Or I'm sorry, Ryu saves Guy, rather. They, like, run away. Uh, Guy is really upset that he was so pathetic that he needed to be saved by Ryu. Yes, super irritated. But as they are running away, Ryu is, like, dimension-snatched by Radigan. Yeah, so, like, they're running down a hallway and about to, like, turn the corner to get some down some stairs. Guy is ahead, so he turns the corner, and as soon as Ryu is alone in the hallway, he gets, like, 
yanked through dimensions slash the wall into like this weirdly colored, like extra, what seems to be extra dimensional space that is within house dimension. But like the colors are all weird and it's a whole thing. Okay, so I figured this out, Matt, because I thought that he was just in another dimension. It turns out, like, we find this out later, but I'll just explain it to you now. Like, not you, Matt, but the listener. So what has actually happened is that there is a room inside apartment complex dimension that has been, like, completely overtaken and become fully ensconced. Like, the walls are, like, red, and there's, like, tentacles and stuff everywhere. And so he, and that's where Ryu gets pulled into. Yeah, but he really is weird. still on Earth. Because it seems as though he's gotten pulled into a separate dimension. But later yeah, on, I was really like, someone will just break through the window into that room. Yeah. So Ryu is, and so Radigat is there. Viram Evolutionary Radigat is there. Ryu sees him, and Ryu says, Who are you? What? Ryu, you have absolutely met this dude. Right, like you saw a phantom vision of him, I think the end of last episode, right. maybe two episodes ago. I think it was actually two episodes ago, but you have absolutely met this guy at least once, and it's not as though he doesn't have a distinctive look. Like, yeah, Radigan like this is, like is not a dude that blue. you see twice and forget about. Yeah, exactly. But Ryu seems to have forgotten him, and he, and so they start fighting. We go outside, and apartment complex dimension appears in its true form. Yeah, like it stands up out of the ground. And so the apartment complex is sort of like a giant head slash part of its upper torso. And then it's just got like arms and legs, and it's got a chain and a mace and a big like ugly mouth. Yeah. Oh, I will point out that the Viram revolutionaries refer to this as house dimension, which is ridiculous. It is very clearly not a house. But whatever. So as it stands up, all of the other Jetmen who had been standing on the balconies get thrown off um, at a very far distance, and they don't cross-change. So it seems as though they have just fallen off a balcony and dropped like five stories onto the grass and are totally Totally fine. Which, again, I'm okay with that because they're superheroes. Like, they have super strength. Sure, go ahead. You felt, but no worries. You felt like 50 feet. It's, you're totally fine. Okay, that makes sense. But let me, let's move into this next bit because something is about to happen that, like, completely wrecks parts of this episode for me, okay? Oh, yeah. I think we're going to talk about the same thing. So, just real quickly, Ryu and Radigat are fighting and they're kind of, like, going back and forth. And Radigat's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And Ryu's like, no, don't. I'll kill you or something. So Jet Dimension has his, like, hammersuckle flail uh, weapon. House Dimension, you mean. House Dimension, sorry. What did I say? Whatever. Anyways, so they say the Jet Men are like, we need to summon the Jet Machines. And then I think it's Akko says, well, wait, what are we going to do? Ryu isn't here. So he won't be able to pilot Red Hawk. Yeah, like as we have established earlier in the episode, we need all five of us to be flying in formation and doing this thing just right to be able to transform into Jet Icarus. <laughs> Chief right. gets on the comms. It's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll just put Jet, like his machine on autopilot. What? And so like there is an autopilot. Like, right. like not only does it mess up the thing in the beginning of the episode, like when they have to transform in a minute, they're all going to be super nervous that they're not doing it right. 
but there's an autopilot. And in previous episodes, when they had to combine into Jet Hawken, and, like, Kaori couldn't do it, like, that didn't matter at all, because there was just an autopilot that they could have done. I don't know what on earth the idea behind this was. Yeah, I have, okay. Here is the only thing. Because they do form Jet Icarus, Icarus because of the autopilot, but the fight doesn't go well. So I think maybe the idea is that you can form Jet Icarus on autopilot, like, if you super need to, but it's not very effective. Well, I think That's the, the issue only there, thing I can think of. I think the issue there, it's, it's not that it hasn't been formed correctly, it's that, you know, each of the Jetmen has their own, like, control panel. And yeah. so you can operate it without everyone, but it's not going to be operating at peak strength. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can do it. It's just not going to work like, super well. It seems as though they just have a button they can push. Hold up, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt because I will absolutely keep talking about Jet Icarus, but I just looked out the window and it is snowing. Like, it's legitimately snowing. Not hard, but that's snow. Uh, I have no rational way to deal with that news, um, and I refuse to look out my window to see if it is happening here. You do you. I just wanted to to interject that into our thing here. So, apparently you can do Jedi Icarus without Red Hawk. It doesn't work super well. Um, Gotta say, I gotta say, I find Jet Icarus a little disappointing after Dyrano. It's a little like, generic looking. It is a little generic. And now, and Dyrano, I think, was a particularly cool giant robot. And Genericus, like, he's definitely a giant robot. He gets cooler in a minute, but visually underwhelming. Well, I will tell you, this is the first, like, version of a giant robot we see in this show. It is not the last. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, right on. So okay. this will sort of continue, like, their giant robo game will continue to evolve. Nice. It's 2015, Jetman. So we jump into the apartment complex dimension, and Radigat and Ryu are still fighting. And Radigat says, when I conquer Earth, I will crush every human with my bare hands. Which seems wildly inefficient. Yeah, that seems like a very impractical plan. Uh, and Ryu... Are you just going to line them up and just kind of do it one at a time? Maybe you could do a twofer, like two lines, I guess, because he yeah, does got two have two hands. So maybe he has an, a final form that has multiple hands. I don't know. Again, it just seems like a big waste of time. So Ryu at this point asks what I think is a very good question, which is why yeah. do you hate humanity and why are you doing this? Like, Like... What is the point of all this? Yeah, like, and Radigat's response dude? is amazing because he just says it's natural to hate ugly things, and humans are ugly because humans right. are stupid, and there's nothing uglier than stupidity. And he just like he's like, "What are you talking about?" And Radigat basically says, "Have you looked at all at human history? Uh, you guys do nothing." He doesn't go into detail, but I think his vibe is like, "You guys are kind of terrible to each other, so we're just going to conquer you." Which it's out of some twisted logic. Also, Radigan is not exactly a looker. How I mean, do you I mean? don't know. Maybe he's beautiful by his home dimension standards. Oh, well, I mean, we'll get to it. Like, right now, he's got, like, his regular human face on. 
Uh, but in a yeah. minute when he transforms into that weird bat monster that we saw like a reflection of last episode, like Ryu is going to notice like, hey, wait a second. Like, I'm not the ugly one. You're the ugly one. <laughs> right. You're like a bizarre Which, you know, bat way to, monster. Way to body shame, Ryu. Good job, bro. Yeah, really. That's just how he is. Okay. Just a giant so... bat monster. Don't hate him. <laughs> I mean, hate him because he's trying to destroy all of humanity one by one with his bare hands. But don't hate him because right. he's got a bat face. Come on. So only now, again, I think the Jetmen forget that they're superheroes because only now, after like five minutes of dodging around, does Ryu cross change. But he says, all right, let's do this. So he oh, cross changes. He does throw he... in a, a brief bit about like humans are great and they have the potential to like bring about a beautiful future. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he pulls out his bringer sword, and I don't, that's like a weird name for the sword. I don't know why it's called that. But, so now it's, oh, because Radiga, by the way, also has a sword. Totally forgot to mention that. So now it's sword on sword action. Ryu actually manages to hit Radiga. So he like cuts him in the face, and Radiga is furious. Like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, specifically, Dave, he, he says, how dare you spill my holy blood? Oh, yeah, that's right. And so this I think is Renegade when he transforms has... into his weird bat form. Yeah, he clearly has some sort of, like, weird dimensional purity. I don't know what he's talking about. But then he, like, rages out and turns into his bat form. And then he's like, whoa, I'm, I am not the ugly one here. So maybe, maybe Radigan is experiencing a little... A little projection, a little displacement, his feelings about himself, pushing on to other people. Not healthy, Radigat. So, we cut outside, and uh, and the <laughs> Jet Icarus is trying to fight House Dimension, but it's not going well, because every time Guy wants to like shoot missiles at it, Kaori says, no, you can't do that, because Ryu is still inside there, and you can't shoot missiles at Ryu, because you will murder him. Which, listen, right. is that's a good point. Uh, but it is making that this is fight good point. very difficult for them. Right. And so Guy actually has a pretty good idea. He says, like, listen, we're not winning this fight right now. We're going to break up Jet Icarus and, like, re just re-be Jets again. And then we will just, like, I'll go in and get Ryu. So, like, what? You're crazy. And he says, no, I'm going to do it. So he, like... They break up Jet Icarus, he, f- he runs over, he jumps, well, he doesn't run over, he flies over, he jumps out of his jet machine, and, okay, first of all, I think it's really cool that the Jetmen just jump out of their planes and then cross-change in midair. Like, it's that's a, a pretty stone-cold move. move. So Guy, now cross-changed into Black Condor, just flies straight at House Dimension, kicks his way through the window into what I had previously assumed was a separate dimension. As did I. Um, and now the tides turn. So Guy, like, sneaks up. Well, doesn't sneak up. Like, he runs and yeah. kicks uh, Radigat, is able to get him away from Ryu, like, frees Ryu from the tentacles that had been wrapped around him. Ryu is like, oh, hey, man, thanks for saving me. And Guy kind like, of that's disregards the best. him. No, 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 he doesn't disregard him. He says, like, well, now we're even. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. What happens is Ryu, like, puts his hand on Guy's shoulder. It's like a, (laughs) like, yes, like, we are now, like, warrior buddies. And Guy just, like, like, literally shrugs him off and says, eh, now we're even. (laughs) Right. Still doesn't want to be friends, 
I'm just here because we need you to like help beat apartment complex dimension. So, so Ryu turns to Guy and says, okay, let's use our winged gauntlets and take this dude out. Yeah. So their winged gauntlets appear. On, they're just like, I really would appreciate it. And okay, I know this is minor. I would just really dig it if they would take like a half a second and just show like a laser outline of the gauntlet materializing because they're not there. And then they just say, let's use our winged gauntlets. And then it cuts back and they're there. I just want some acknowledgement that they were not there before and they are there now. That would be nice. I like. I'm not. I mean, there is it. zero chance we will ever get that, though. Yeah, I've seen enough Super Sentai to realize that is never in a million years going to happen. I just, it would be a balm to my soul. Uh, and okay, okay. So here's something that I really like about this. So they team up. They use both of their winged gauntlet beams, which I guess are stronger than their ray gun, like their bird blaster beams, which doesn't make any Who sense. Even knows? Um, but they use them to attack Radigat and they sort of drive him off. Here's what I like about this is that in fights, like when they are paired up as like a team, like a fighting duo, Ryu and Guy work super well together. Right. I think, I think it's a really cool like story element that they don't get along because they're both kind of so alphas, but somehow when the, when it, when it comes down to it. Yeah, like when it actually comes down to it and they have to work together. Like they are this unstoppable fighting pair. And I really dig that. Okay, so they take out Radigat. They jump out of the building. They kind of fly down into their jet machines. And now with the power of five, you know, we can predict that they will win. So they're all in their jet machines, the Jetman are, Ryu's like, all right, cross-change. So the three of them that are not yet cross-changed, cross-change. He says, combine, scram wing. And then they form Jet Icarus, but like for realsies this time. Uh, And it is rad. And this fight here, like the fight between Jet Icarus and House Dimension is cool because since it's the first time we're really getting to see Jet Icarus, we're also seeing all of, like, the toys and attachments that you can buy along with the action figures. <laughs> yeah. So they've got, like, the, what together, is it, the Jet totally Lancer, right. which is a big... What is it? Is it a, a Naganata or a Nodachi? I think it's a Naganata. The, the big sort of, like, uh, spear thing with, like, a long curved blade at the end. Yeah. So that just sort of appears out of nowhere. Well, no, he has to press a button with a picture of it next to it. And then oh, it appears okay. out of Sorry. nowhere. Yeah. So, but it, (laughs) right, there is an action that makes it appear. So they do that, and then, like, they kind of swing, which is actually, like, a pretty impressive piece of, like, choreography, because this dude is absolutely, like, kind of spinning this Naganata around while in a giant robot suit. So that was cool. And then a guy says, okay, now it's my turn, shot puncher. And they, they turn around, and uh, Jet Icarus puts its fists out, and then its fists just launch out on rockets and punch the guy. Which is great. Dimension, which is awesome. And then Ryu says, all right, final blow, whatever. Burdonic Saber. And he hits another button, and then they have a Burdonic Saber. And I get the feeling that this is their sort of like standard finishing move, right? Yeah, this is their, like, 
I have a big sword and I'm using an energy attack to murder you with it. This is them. You. This is Daijujin using the God Horn. This is Dairano right. using. Did Dairano's sword have a name? Uh, I feel like it must have, but I don't remember what it was. Man, it's. But this one. You is, know what's weird is that now cool. that we're watching Jetman, so much of my like memories of Die Ranger are being forced out of my brain. Like I can yeah, only, I only contain so much, so much like, Super Sentai in my brain at one time. <laughs> right. But this is really cool because what they do is they're like jet men, right? And so they jump up with the Burdonic Saber and have like a rocket-powered leap and swing their sword at the monster. Like it's a it's a pretty cool move. So great. they yeah, so they take out apartment complex dimension. Hooray, the day is saved. Okay, so the fight is now over. We cut down to Sky Camp. They are all standing outside. Uh, the chief has brought out a bottle of champagne, and they are all, mm-hmm. like, having a toast. Like, they are cheersing each other and also, like, raising their glasses to Jet Icarus, like their giant robo-friend who saved the day. <laughs> who is just chilling out. Yeah, like, they have not, like, disassembled there. him. He is just, like, standing on the horizon, like, looking over them. <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, it's to be fair, like, if I had a giant robot, I would probably just leave it around, you know? Just because it looks really cool. And so they say, like... Yeah, hooray, you know, Jetman, we saved the day. So Ryu says, like, guy, I really owe you one. Like, you're you're great. You're a stand-up guy in my book. Guy, again, just I think completely ignores Ryu, turns to Kaori and says, So uh so when's this gonna happen? Well what what happens like, is no, I'm sorry, Dave, you, you skipped a little bit because Kaori turns to Guy okay. and says, You really changed what I thought about you today. Like you going back in there to save Ryu, like has really oh, sort of changed right. my opinion of it, you. And then he just looks like right back at him. He's like, So, you fall in love with me yet? Huh? Huh? <laughs> and like I love Like he brings up his guy... glass and like, you know, clinks hers and then kind of raises his glass to Ryu, like not all the way to clink his glass, just enough to, like, half-smile and acknowledge his presence. <laughs> right. I love that Guy is not at all subtle. Like, there is no games with Guy. <laughs> it's like, I'm really into you. Let's do this. It's great. It's refreshing. So, and that's kind of it on their end. We do have one little last thing. We see the Viram revolutionaries. Radigat sort of like crutches his way in. And he's like, ah, those jetmen. I'll kill them later. We now find we now find out that Radigat is the count of the reverse dimension. Which is a fantastic title. That is a great title. And so, you know, they they have that classic Viram exchange where one of them has failed and the rest of them says, well, I'll be the one to destroy the Jetman. And like, that's I'll pretty much you. the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. So, so Dave, I, I understand Matt. your computer is about to die, so let's wrap this up quick. <laughs> what is. is your high point this week? Okay, my high point this week... I think I'm going to go with Burdonic Saber. I really like the fact that they have incorporated the idea of like a jet and it's kind of flying and launching itself. Uh, and just like visually it's cool. There's like bursts of fire happening behind it. So I'm a big fan. I, I really like Burdonic Saber. 
predominantly was a good move. I'm going to go with uh, the house dimension. I think it was a really cool monster. Yeah. Like, you know, like it was, it's just like this big evil house that's eating everyone inside of it. And then it's already giant. And so it doesn't need to grow. And so we don't have to deal yeah, with that Yeah, that's aspect. what I was going to say. It was, it was a very sort of inventive use of the uh, dimensional the spider of... thing. Yeah. Okay. So what about your low point? Uh, you know, man, my low point, I think, is just like the weird room dimension that Ryu gets pulled into. Like, it seems like it's a different dimension, but it's not. Uh, it, I don't know. It was just confusing and weird. Uh, yeah, how about you? super unclear. Uh, my low point this week is the existence of the autopilot for the jet machines. Like, it yeah, is, that like was... it's a useful feature, but it is also, like, it completely took all of the drama out of basically any time in this episode, in previous episodes, or in episodes to come when they have to worry about putting it together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, man. Well, I think that's it, right? Okay, yeah. That is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman with the Golden Gun. Uh, Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or get in touch with us on Twitter, we're at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, thank you to everyone who has done that. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>